We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Breaks a tackle. Welcome into the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today going to be a little bit shorter podcast. Um, we're going to start by talking a little bit about the Pac-12 athletic director, not athletic director, sorry, uh, conference commissioner. There we go. I don't know why that word was so hard to remember, uh, but that's what we're going to be talking about, the search for the next commissioner of the Pac-12. Uh, and the reason is... Because John Wilner of the Mercury News and all sorts of different places, uh, the Wilner Hotline, for example, um, he published a story this morning um, that included a little bit of reporting on how this process is going to go. And then he also talked to a couple of former executives within the Pac-12 about this process and some of the challenges that they may face. And I thought that there was something uh, really interesting in there and something that would affect Rick George. Uh, so that's going to be fun to talk about. After that, we're going to get into the DraftKings pick of the week. And as we do, we're going to be running through all of the Saturday Pac-12 basketball games, including Colorado's game against Cal. And um, I, I guess I haven't checked for like an hour but I don't believe any of these lines are up because most college basketball lines just show up the morning of the game. And, you know, we have to uh, get these thoughts out today, so we're going to have to do it without the lines. But that'll be fine, as it always is. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of the plan for today. I'm excited. And before we get into this Pac-12 commissioner search, oh, plus there's one other note, but um, I got to say a couple more words about the Colorado XOs. So the Colorado XOs, are the new rugby entity in Glendale. 
And I've been telling you guys about all the professional athletes that they've been bringing in, former basketball players, former football players, and teaching them how to play rugby. Well, now what they're doing is making a team out of basically just these people. And they're going to be playing uh, some other rugby teams as they prepare. And again, this is all with the whole goal of getting those players ready to perform for the U.S. national team, which also trains at the same facilities out in Glendale. Um, it's going to be a fun process. You can follow along with DMVR Rugby or the DMVR Rugby podcast. Uh, so make sure you do that. All right. Um, the other note, by the way, is that Tyler Shuck, the freshman quarterback at Oregon, is transferring. He's headed out with, I think, three years of eligibility remaining. Um Big news, not something I expected, you know, to be honest. And I think I've said this on the podcast a little bit before. I'm not the highest on Tyler Shuck. Um, you know, when we've gone through some of these rankings and that sort of thing, it, there are flaws in his game. He, he plays like a young quarterback occasionally. Now, he does have in incredible tools, and there's plenty of reason to think that he is going to be able to put it all together and be one of the best quarterbacks in the country. You know, that's... That's the potential that he has. Whether he does it, I guess I'm not so sure, but that well, that is the perspective that people have. Um, he's out of the conference, and that's that's big. Well, I guess we don't know that. He's out of Oregon. Who knows where he could wind up? Um, but that's big news for the Pac-12 because, again, even though I wasn't the highest on how he performed last year, I do think that when you look around at the quarterbacks that are in the conference, you know, he's right up there. You, Slovis is probably one. Jaden Daniels, probably two. I think you got to give a little pause to make sure you don't miss anybody. DTR is probably three. Um, and then you have Shuck right there, probably at number four. I think Gebbia is right there with him. Um, so... This is a hit to Oregon for sure and a hit to the Pac-12 in terms of the perception. Um, what would really be tough for the Pac-12, though, is if this is another quarterback that's going to transfer to the other side of the country because there have been a whole bunch of West Coast quarterbacks who've gone to the East. And that's something you don't see a whole lot of. You know, when you look at... Where did the top 10 recruits in Georgia go? Where did the top 10 recruits in Louisiana go? Florida. A lot of them stick in SEC country. A an overwhelming majority. And the same isn't totally true on the West Coast. Um, and, and that is one of the big problems facing the Pac-12. And it's especially true of the quarterbacks. Because the quarterbacks are what always made the West Coast. Um, for forever, California was the hotbed. That's where the quarterbacks come from. Um, you know, John Elway being the kind of poster child for all of that. But, you know, there, there is this trend of the Pac-12 not putting out quite as many quarterbacks as they used to. You know, you're not seeing Matt Leinart and Andrew Luck and uh, Carson Palmer. This is a lot harder. I wish I hadn't started listing names. Um, who else? I mean, even recently, though, you still had, like, Jared Goff. You had Josh Rosen. You know, there's just always quarterbacks coming out, and it feels like right now there has been a little bit of a lull. Um, 
you know, you don't have in this class anybody of note. I guess you did have Herbert last year, and Herbert's performing well. Maybe I am a little bit. No, th there's definitely been way fewer quarterbacks coming through the Pac-12. So, so that is kind of a trend, though, that I've seen, and this kind of potentially furthers that trend. If, if he winds up transferring to, say, Arizona, well, then all of a sudden you're like, well, the, the Pac-12 is just fine. Um, Shuck is from Oregon, I believe. Um, maybe even committed to Oregon State and flipped or something. I thought there might have been some drama there. Uh, but it is big news for the Pac-12 and surprising news, certainly, as well. And I'm actually thinking we should take a break right here, get some ads out of the way, and then we can move along to the Pac-12 commissioner stuff um, because there's a lot to talk about there. So let's do that. Um, let's take a quick break. Um, and I'm going to remind you that Hassle Cattle Company is incredible. Uh, they make blue-collar Wagyu beef, um, which is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Um, they call it blue-collar because anybody can afford it. It's, it's meant for the working man, not just for the people who typically can get their hands on Wagyu beef. Again, it's, it's raised in America. It's raised in Texas. It's a fourth generation cattle farm down there. And they make all sorts of different products from their Wagyu beef. Uh, smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, um, Wagyu frank without any fillers. Uh, two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy. Um, their hamburger won Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. So much good food. Make sure you check out the website and get your hands on it. And remember, you can use the promo code DMVR10 for 10% off your order from HassleCattleCompany.com. That's DMVR10 for 10% off at H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. Also, UFC 257 surely gave the fans the show they were looking for, and this weekend is sure to be just as action-packed. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight with 100 to 1 odds on your chosen fighter to step out of the octagon, raising the belt. Pick either main event fighter to win this weekend's UFC 258 bout, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds. That's a $1 bet on either fighter to reign victorious, and if your fighter wins, you get to cash $100. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So, Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DMVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 on your chosen title contender to win. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code DMVR to turn $1 into $100 on the main event Saturday night for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, um, so let's dig into what uh, John Wilner had to say today about the Pac-12 coaching search. So we haven't really followed along, not coaching search, my goodness, commissioner search. I'm, I'm going to keep messing that up all day. I'm kind of concerned. Um, so we haven't really talked about this since we heard that there was going to be a change and maybe in the couple of days after that. 
Um, there have been a couple of little updates, things that I wasn't too worried about. Uh, for example, Turnkey ZRG is the executive placement firm that will be helping the conference. I mean, not helping. There's being paid by the conference to uh, help figure out who the next commissioner is going to be. Um, the reason I didn't really do a podcast on that was because I don't have too much to say about two turnkey ZRG or other executive placement firms. Today though, uh, we are talking about it because we have at least a couple little details again from John Wilner. Um, he said that the turnkey executives are going to be conducting Zoom meetings with all the Pac-12 presidents and athletic directors, uh, head coaches, um, faculty, athletic representatives, and any other campus officials deemed important to the process. That's a lot of meetings. Um, from those discussions, a model takes shape. Uh, they'll be reaching out to candidates, and then the search will churn toward a conclusion in April or May. So that's like the, the real hard news here. And again, it's not much to work off of. It's not a huge surprise that the plan for the firm is to talk to all the people who will be impacted by this decision about what they are looking for in a Pac-12 commissioner, and then to uh, go find somebody who fits those qualifications. Again, not groundbreaking stuff, but a churn toward a conclusion in April or May. There's a little bit of a timeline. Um, you do know that they are at least reaching out, which you would expect again, but I, you never know with, with things like this because bad decisions can be made. And when they're made, they're typically made for bad reasons. And not talking to the coaches would be a bad reason. Luckily, that's not what's happening, at least from what we hear. Um, from there, though, and this is where I think things get really interesting, is uh, when Wilner talks about the potential for um, a, a person who works within the Pac-12 um, or for one of the schools could get promoted. For example, um, an athletic director. Could an athletic director get this Pac-12 commissioner job? And what John did was reach out to Tom Hansen, the former commissioner. Um, he reached out to a former Utah athletic director... Um, I'm trying to find that name. Oh, there it is. Uh, Chris Hill. And basically using his own knowledge from covering the conference for as long as he's covered the conference, as well as what he was able to bounce off of a couple of guys who have other experience with the Pac-12. He, he came up with some really good insights, I thought, into why it would make sense to elevate somebody from within the conference to hire somebody away from one of the schools and also why it could cause problems. And we'll start with the problems because according to Wilner, those kind of do outweigh the other things. That doesn't mean there's not a path for somebody to get that job, but you know, he talks about the political risk is how he puts it. Um, everybody's competitive. Um, everybody's trying to do what's best for their school from an athletic director's perspective, from a president's perspective and a quote from the former athletic director uh if you hire sorry from the former commissioner I, I don't know what is up with that today but it just keeps happening 
If you hire an athletic director from within who isn't popular with all his or her colleagues, you can put that person in a difficult position and call it a delicate balancing act. And I do think that that is worth noting because all of these people obviously do know each other. And, well, you know, what? let's say it is Rick George um, that, that they're considering hiring. And, again, he'd be a good candidate. He's well qualified. I don't know that he wants the job to move out there and all that stuff. But let's say he does, and let's say that they think he's a good fit. Well, does he have some beef with – I mean, who – who could he have beef with? Let's just say USC for whatever reason, because in whatever meeting in the last three or four months, they've just, they were on the opposite sides and they start seeing eye to eye. See, those are the kinds of things that happen because they make so many decisions and it, the, the relationships have a lot of layers to them. And it is important to make sure that that is clear. Um, you know, and another important note is that, uh, the president of Oregon is basically in charge of the search. The AD at Oregon is very well qualified. Um, he was the, I believe the chair of the college football playoff committee. Um, obviously things have generally gone well for Oregon, um, there's a lot to like, and he's one of the names that gets bounced around a lot. And now you have a couple of things at play. First of all, does the president of Oregon want to say, Hey, let's take my guy or would the entire conference just say, well, no, that's not how this works. We don't want you to just elevate one of your friends because you have, you know, not a whole lot more power. Everything's still voted on by everybody. But, you know, he's he's kind of leading the charge on this issue. Um, there's, there's just some politics there, really. Again, and then on the flip side, does he want to lose his athletic director? It could be that everybody in the conference says, hey, yeah, this guy is good. Look at what he's done. Let's, let's hire him. And the Oregon president basically just says, eh, actually, uh, we, we, we think that maybe he's not quite ready. He needs a couple more years. And we're just going to keep him over here in Eugene. Um, and so you have some strange dynamics when it comes to that stuff. Now, that does make Rick George, again, assu assuming he wants the job and a bunch of other things, it makes him a pretty pretty good candidate. Um, and maybe the the best candidate remaining and right there with Mullins. If you wanted to make the argument, um, what's so crazy about that. And, uh, this is why I found so interesting about this whole section of the story was that a similar thing actually happened a few years ago with the big 10 when they were trying to find their new commissioner. And what happened was there was a very well-qualified athletic director um, over at Northwestern, very, very good at his job, um, was well-known as one of the best athletic directors in the country, and the man in charge of the search, the president at Northwestern. And again, you're fighting with these same things that the Pac-12 would be dealing with if the AD at Oregon um, was a candidate you'd be it's the same things you'd be dealing with and what happened was um they didn't go with the athletic director 
they didn't promote him. And then I, I think it was two or three years later, that guy became the commissioner of the ACC. And again, I don't follow all of this all that closely, but the general consensus is that things have not gone well with the Big Ten and things have gone better with the ACC. So there's all of this at work. And, and that story kind of just goes to show that what you want is the best guy for the job, but that's why you bring in search firms because, because they can go through and say, here's what we really think as totally unbiased people. And if you guys can figure out how to make it work with one of these guys, then I think you'll be happy. And you know, that's, that's what we're dealing with. Um, so there's a little update, a little insight, um, from John Wilner. Again, uh, he's probably the guy to be paying attention to when it comes to this commissioner search. Um, but we'll see. Also just of note, um, I believe Larry Scott's salary was about 4.8 million. Um, I guess for this year, his last year, um, just for reference, Rick George, I believe his current salary is about 850,000. Um, but there's some other things like they pay for a country club membership and that sort. And so it, all of it kind of balances out to be closer to like 870,000 probably. Um, and then there's also up to $995,000 in incentives for academics, for fundraising, for attendance. Um, so again, that's just kind of what you're looking at for, for Rick George. Does he want to go make, uh, basically five, six times as much money as he currently makes? I, I mean, certainly he does. <laughs> Is it worth it to move away from his family, away from Boulder to go take on this new thing to deal with? And this is a note from John Wilner. Does anybody really want to sign up to have to deal with all the problems the Pac-12 has right now? It's not like this is the the job that it was a few years ago. Um, and when you have to start out by dealing with the media rights and dealing with a general little disappointment in, in, from from the teams within the conference, I mean it's it's not it's not an easy job. Not that being the athletic director at CU is all that easy either. And that's not because like CU is particularly difficult for some reason, but just because being a power five athletic director is a stressful job, but I don't know. There's some stuff about what's going on and who knows if they'll even look at inside candidates. Um, that was a question. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but it's important to update when there's an update and that's the, the best update we've gotten to this point. Um, we're going to take another quick break. We're going to talk about all these basketball games tomorrow. Um, and a reminder that we'll be doing a post game after the, after the game tomorrow. So be ready for that. Um, before we get to all of that though, want to give a shout out to our good friends over at MSU Denver online. Um, now is the time to apply and register for classes. MSU Denver online wants you to fall in love with yourself on Valentine's day. That's right. MSU Denver online is offering free application fees to any and all students. That's $0 for your application fee. Doesn't matter if you're looking to get your undergrad graduate or take online classes, apply today through February 14th and receive a free application fee. Um, again, it's, they've been doing online schooling for so long. They've been working on making that one of the 
main points of their university. Like that's kind of the big piece of what it's all about over there. Um, and they do a great job. A couple of the people I work with have taken classes through MSU Denver online and they've only had good things to say. Uh, they say that the content is useful, it's convenient, um, the professors are very good. So make sure you get to msudenver.com slash online to check out all the, I think, 40 plus uh, programs that can get you a degree, the 700 plus classes. And again, this is all online. Some of them are hybrid, I guess, but for the most part online. Um, MSU Denver, online, good stuff. Okay, it is time now for the DraftKings pick of the week. Um, like I said, we're going through all five of these Pac-12 basketball games that are going to be played tomorrow. And you know what? There's actually a sixth game, the Oregon State at Arizona State game on Sunday. I'll give my thoughts on that too. Why not? Uh, we're going to start with the first game, which is Oregon at Arizona ESPN 2 at noon tomorrow, which is Saturday. Um, oh, I should say again, they don't have the line set on DraftKings yet, um, or I, I think anywhere else because college basketball, they just do everything the day of the game. So what we're going to do is I'm going to say what my line would be. And um, Oregon, Arizona. So this is a tough one because Oregon just played Arizona State last night. Um, they were a one and a half point underdog and they won 75 to 64 on the road. Now, Arizona is better than Arizona state. I also think that playing at Arizona scares, this is probably just like from a buffs perspective, but playing at Arizona sounds different than playing at Arizona state. Not that either sounds like a, a, just a blast, but Arizona scares me in that way. Um, if Oregon is an underdog, I kind of still like taking him again, though. I think that Oregon kind of gets forgot about because they haven't played as many games. But that's a really good program, and they need wins in a way that Arizona doesn't. Arizona has the self-imposed postseason ban. Oregon has a spot firmly on the bubble right now, and a win over Arizona would put them probably pretty firmly in, I would say. And if they lose... They're starting to... The things are getting hairy. Um, I do think that there's a good chance Oregon wins this game. Um, and if they'll give you points, that's what I would really like. If, if you can find, like, plus five points um, for Oregon, I, then that's where I start to say, you know what, even if they don't win, I do think that they can keep it close. Um, next up is going to be the 5:30 game, UCLA at Washington. Hate to say it, but... This is a lock. UCLA, they're not going to lose both of these games back-to-back. -back. Washington State is just a lot better than Washington is. And that's not, again, a hot take. Washington has won three of their 18 games this season, including that one against Mon or Sorry, they lost to Montana. Um, they've won the game against Colorado. Um, UCLA wins this. Um, oh, that line actually just went up. That's a nine-point line. Um, so UCLA minus nine. I actually like that, even though they're on the road. It's an emotional hedge anyway. So I, I do like that. Uh, next up is going to be USC-Washington State. There's a line on this game now as well. What great timing. Um, 
USC favored by seven and a half. Honestly, I'm taking Washington State. Washington State has played some good ball. Obviously, they just beat UCLA last night. Um, they're at home. I think that USC maybe presents some more challenges for them just because of the length, and I'm not sure they can hold up to that. But a, a home underdog in the Pac-12, especially one that just won a game against a good team last night and looked good doing it. You know, Washington State's been shooting pretty well. I definitely, obviously, like really well last night. Uh, I, I think that that holds up, especially at home. Um I'm not saying sprinkle the money line here, but I will say I'm a little bit tempted. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do think that Washington State is the side I'd want to be on if it's USC minus 7.5. Utah at Stanford, 8 o'clock. Uh, this one has a line as well. Stanford favored by 4.5. I, I like Stanford in that one. Home team, I, I get that they just lost at home, but, again, I think that there's a little bit of fire that comes from that, and if not, then there's some serious problems. Uh, Stanford right on the edge of that bubble, but a good team. And I think that they just have too much talent. Um, and, and this isn't how things work, but just seeing Oscar da Silva be kind of held in check, I guess is a way to say it, uh, against Colorado, it makes you think he's going to bounce back. Um, with a four-and-a-half point line, I, I like Stanford at home. Uh, and then that game actually starts at the same time as the Colorado-Cal game. Uh, which sadly does not have a line. Um, oh, wait. No. Oh, wait. I can't tell. So it looks like somewhere has a line. Uh, the, I'm seeing a line of minus 11 for Colorado. That's a whole lot on the road, uh, which really disappoints me. Um, it's probably where the line should be set. I, I agree with it. But I was hoping for better. Um, in terms of, like, getting fewer points that you have to give up. But yikes, I I'm struggling with this one. You know, they've they've won by 23 and a half points over the last two games. They've won by 16 points per game over the last three games. That includes that three-point win over Arizona. Oh. Let's do it. Let's take Colorado there. You know, it's tough. I really hate the double-digit line on the road, but Colorado is that much better than Cal and Colorado is in a good space. Um, I, I think that that's pretty obvious. You know, the nuggets went through something similar where they blew some leads and had some tough third quarters. And then basically the coach said, we need to lock in and we're either going to do that or we aren't. And we're going to see tonight against the Cavaliers, which team wants this game more. And you know, Tad hasn't said, exactly that or said anything quite that blunt but I do think that that chip on the shoulder is still there even if you know yesterday Tad said that the team doesn't think about it all and he says like I shouldn't think about it either but I do I do think that that chip is still there um, and I think that even when this team is up the foot will be on the pedal going forward um, and then that is why I'm going to go with the buff side of that minus 11 and feel good about it. I do feel good about it. Um, so that's it for the Saturday games. Like I said, there's going to be a Sunday game as well, which will be played on Sunday. No line five o'clock start Oregon state at Arizona state. Um, 
That this is tough. Oregon State's hot. Is that true though? Is that really true? I it always feels like that's true because yeah, no, they're not hot at all. They they beat Oregon State last week and kept within nine of Arizona on the road. Like, sure, that's impressive, but I, I got to stop calling that hot. Before that, they lost by five to UCLA on the road. It's like, oh, yeah, that's real good for Oregon State. In terms of actual basketball, you know, I got to stop weighting Oregon State that way, and I think part of it is because of Wayne Tinkle, um, because he was a Montana guy, obviously. But... Oh, I don't even know. Like, Arizona State was not sharp last night, and they'd miss games with COVID. But they're the better team. They are the better team, and this line with them at home should probably be minus eight. And and I would take that for Arizona State. Again, it's the home team. And honestly, wherever Vegas decides to set this line, I'm going to feel a lot more comfortable being on the home team side of it. So there you go. Uh, There's all my picks for this weekend's games. I'm fired up. Huge opportunity for Colorado. You know, that that goes without saying. We're all on the same page there. But if Colorado just takes care of business against Cal, then we've got a full three, four, five days, I feel like, where we can just feel really good about where Colorado is. And then you start talking about that. Well, I mean, we'll be talking about the Oregon trip all the way through. But that's when you need to start, like, singing, okay, time, time, to, time to make some noise again. Um, and, of course, all that you're really interested in is Colorado wins, USC, and UCLA losses. And UCLA gave Colorado the one loss that Colorado needed, assuming they went out. USC has not yet, but they're playing Washington State, who gave that loss to UCLA. That's going to be a fun one. Um... And that's going to end right when the buffs start. That is just perfect. I'm excited to uh, buckle down and watch a bunch of basketball tomorrow and a little bit of basketball Sunday. And I hope you guys are too. Stay tuned for DMVR buffs post game tomorrow. And uh, the podcast will be back on Monday. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. And see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hey. Hey. You on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it.
your Bible. Break back, blind side, flat line, no revival. Get them thoughts, get them thoughts, mess them up, we say we got them. If we don't, then we'll get them. When we see them, then we have them. like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it, play. Man, I swear I think